0: Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, it's Catherine's birthday today as this podcast yeah. is coming out. Right. And she asked for, for a Pixar movie about uh, a young boy and an old man who become friends on, and they take a, a huge adventure all over the world um, with balloons and talking dogs yeah. and et cetera. And I just, I just couldn't get it for her. Why not? Why am I getting Rickrolled? Because I'm never going to give her up. Never going to give her up. I'm never going to give her up. She can't have up. That's my joke. That was good. That was good. I worked on it for a while.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate, I always appreciate a Rickroll. I especially appreciate a Rickroll that I truly do not see coming. In addition to being Catherine's birthday, and I think it's important to say, Hank, that When I talked to Catherine about her birthday, she was very clear with me about what she actually wanted for her birthday, Mm. which was for every living American to order the Anthropocene Reviewed book, which comes out tomorrow.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, Oh, gosh, that's also true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So she was just like, you know what? I don't want anything for me. Just make sure that everybody gives someone they care about in their lives Mm -hmm. the new nonfiction book, The Anthropocene Reviewed available everywhere books are sold as of tomorrow. <laughs> you can't get an unsigned copy because there you aren't can't, any.
0: You can't happen. I got mine. It is a signed copy. It's a beautiful book, too, and uh, and fun. Thanks. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not it's, always it, fun, of course. Yeah. Small this is, when I've that. been
1: talking about it, I've, if my voice sounds a little thin, it's because I've been doing nine straight hours of radio interviews. But when I've mm-hmm. been talking about it, I, I inevitably, like, emphasize what i what i want the book to be but like i don't talk about the fact that it's funny and I, hmm. and i'm a little worried that people are going to like read this book and right. be like this yeah. book is kind of funny
0: <laughs> but yeah <laughs> or it's supposed also, to be they funny. like won't realize and they'll be like i don't want that in my life they'll uh, be like well, yeah. yeah well i don't it's a weird book i hope it's you like it book. it yeah. comes out tomorrow I always had that same problem where I'd always end up talking about all the serious parts of the book. And then I'd be like, right, it's a adventure story and it's a romp and everybody's nice. Not everybody.
1: Yeah. That's one of the things about your books that makes it really hard to talk about because like it is about the social internet and the complexities of navigating internet fame. And those are big weighty subjects that are treated in a big weighty way. But the book is also really, really fun. And and. I I guess the reason it's important to me to point that out is that like, I am not interested in books that are not fun. Like, yeah, I want to cry. I want to be moved. I want to feel something. I want to think big thoughts, but like it had better be fun because I, this, like, this is hard. (laughs) This is really hard. You don't mean books.
0: You mean life.
1: I mean, life, and I yeah. do not need like another assignment right now. Yeah, right. Well,
0: I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, obviously, your books also are not uh, always considered to be fun. Uh, that's not like the first adjective people use, but they are fun. That's one of the things. That's like the main thing you forget about them when you're done with them.
1: Yeah, well, I don't want it to feel like an assignment or a responsibility or an obligation or any of that. Like, yeah. reading should be pleasurable and. We've a little bit like lost this, I think, because now yeah. we associate reading books with this like kind of like classy, sophisticated activity or whatever. Yeah, but like reading is joyful, and I've I, I've tried really hard to write a book that like looks hard for joy and looks hard for wonder and celebrates it where I can find it. So anyway, the book comes out tomorrow. I hope everybody likes it. I'm super nervous. Here's our first question. It's from. Fell, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I know Mars is a planet, but is Mars a world? Hmm. I don't know.
0: You know, I think, I think yes. And I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so I think Mars
1: used to be a world,
0: but I don't Mm. know if it's a world now. See, I, I, I think anything, I think there are, I think world is larger than planet. Oh, no disagree so wait are you saying the moon is part of our world no i'm saying the moon is a world of its own
1: oh oh okay follow-up
0: question Uh is an asteroid that is like uh habitated is that Mm. a world i think it i think that if it's big enough it is and i
1: how big does it have to be (sighs) i need an exact circumference
0: uh well so like so like the the livable area i think is the the important Mm -hmm thing here but
1: for- well, just to be clear the livable area <laughs> of mars is zero square feet same
0: with the moon same with yeah, the yeah.
1: I mean, like yeah. I, I, the smallest apartment I've ever lived in has literally oh. infinitely more livable uh, area yeah. than Mars or the moon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you, so that is also a world. I think that the, I think that. To, so, so does the Earth contain that, the multiple apartment worlds? that I
1: lived in on the Upper West Side when Sarah was in graduate <laughs> yeah. school? Is a world yeah. that's good to know. I'll tell the opera singer who lived upstairs <laughs> that she lived in another world, literally a completely different world. than the guy who lived below us also lived in. Bleed over between the worlds. Yeah, it was yeah. it was
0: one building with nine worlds in it. I mean, is that kind of true though? Like, do you think that there can no. be more than one world on this planet? I think there kind mm. of can be, like my own little world. You know, like if you if you find a place that you know very well that no one else knows, that you spend a lot of time in, and that becomes that becomes your world. Yeah.
1: Yes, but those, your world, I don't know. I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. I think the risk of that is the implication that somehow your world can exist separate from other people's worlds. Mm -hmm. That's always the risk. Like when you start to talk about like the first world or whatever. Right, right, But But we're not talking about that. We're talking about whether Mars is a world. And the answer to whether Mars is a world is, (sighs) in my opinion, whether or not anything is alive on Mars.
0: Yeah, Right. I mean, it'd be interesting. Like that's 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 interesting that the the idea of a world, because we kind of need a word for that. Like we have yes, we, we have. like Imagine yeah.
1: like imagine the NASA press conference, Hank, where somebody sits down and there are all these microphones and they clear their throat and then they calmly say, "Today, we would like to announce that Mars." is a
0: world. Mm. And everybody just like explodes into applause. (laughs) It's
1: a world. It's a world. There's life on Mars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it wouldn't be so. So somebody else would have to decide on that definition of a world. And that would be the International Astronomical Union, not NASA, because we Mm. don't do that. Just one country doesn't get to decide things like that. So there's a union Mm. of scientists who do that. And they're the people who decided that like Pluto wasn't a planet for example right I recall <laughs> um, of uh, all the things the but,
1: internet has gotten upset about that might be the least interesting one yeah, which is really do, saying something
0: I do I do find that that well what so like I find that particular opinion not that interesting but I find the prev and I, I'm sorry because I know a lot of people have it but the prevalence of it I do find interesting because it is so hard to take something that you have known your whole life. And that you were taught in school and suddenly have that not be a thing anymore. It just is like, no, no, I will like th- this is like a bedrock of my understanding of the world. And we have to do this all the time. We have to do this all the time. And and it's more than just planets. It's also like understanding our our society, our history, our our government, our country. That's, the Higgs boson. It's like- hard. Yeah, it's true. We have to we have to make room for the
1: fact that the way we understand the world is incomplete. And mm-hmm. as it gets more complete, there are things that we thought were true that turn out not to be.
0: I saw a person who got very angry today on TikTok who was saying, I don't understand how these different species are having babies that can have babies. And uh, because there's this very specific definition of species that we talk about that just doesn't embody reality effectively because it's just it's just more complicated than that and it and the 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 beauty of that or the the, the complexity of that is really beautiful but we don't have time yeah. to get into it in middle school right. science class and so you're taught this thing that's just not quite true it's, it's mostly true but it's but it quite should true. be taught it should be taught as not quite true and this is it's hard th- I, it's hard to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely one of the like dead horses that I have beaten to death and will now further beat. But we have to acknowledge that we don't know almost everything. So the the reason <laughs> why what we know keeps changing is that we don't know almost everything. And I mm-hmm. we are so there are so many biases in contemporary discourse, but to me, the biggest bias is we are completely biased by what we know or think we know, and we pay very little attention to what we don't know. We we pay so little attention to big questions, big unanswered questions about how viruses spread, about virus seasonality, mm-hmm. about virus infectivity. We don't know. There's so much we don't know about virology because like 150 years ago,
0: we didn't know there were viruses <laughs> <laughs> so, for 99.999% so, of human history. We didn't know about them. And I think, okay, there's a really important distinction here because it's very easy to hear. We don't know almost everything and think most of what we know is wrong. That's no, not no, what no. we're saying.
1: No, the there's a lot. That we there's know just a lot we
0: don't know. Are almost all right. But, yes. but there is so much that we don't know. Like Now, there are some things that we think we know that we're wrong about. And like, which things are those? That's hard to know. But most of them we're right about. Yeah. But we, but like, for example, we don't know like how it's like, pick, pick a South American lizard. We don't know almost everything. Like we know what it is. We've named it. We know what it looks like. We got a picture of it, but we don't, don't know almost everything about its life, what it does all day. Like we don't know. I don't know what you did all day. That's it you know, also encompassed know. in the in the every almost everything that we do not know. I don't know
1: almost everything that's happening inside of my body. Yeah. Like I don't know about the ba- bacterial infections I'm fighting off. I don't understand I-, I don't understand why I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. Mm. I don't understand why I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> we don't understand we we don't understand why people have thoughts like
0: yeah we, we, we don't like, understand we, how it's possible to have a to wake up in the morning with the same song in your head that you went to sleep with like what how is that a thing did i go to here's, did, it, did that time even pass here's what i think about all the time
1: we don't know why when i close my eyes and i think of an apple we don't know where that apple is <laughs>
0: like <laughs> where's the pickle we have Hank? no
1: idea We have no idea where that apple is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know how we do that. It's weird. It's weird that that. we
1: can do that. It's It's... weird that I can close my eyes and point to the television. That's weird. Also, some people can't see the apple. Which I know. We don't know why that is. We don't. We don't know almost everything. But what we do know is mostly true. There are some things that on like the edge of knowledge... And this Mm -hmm. is, I think this is where it's an issue for me. And we will get back to this question of whether Mars is a world, which was only a five-word question. But there are things that are on the edge of knowledge that we often act like we're kind of certain about because it's very inconvenient to have them on the edge of knowledge. Right. Like we have some ideas why viruses might be seasonal. We have actually some really good ideas. We have even some ideas that are backed up by fairly strong evidence. Mm -hmm. We don't have, but, but, but we aren't sure. And and, and, and and living with that uncertainty is really difficult, and then asking someone to take their certainty, such as that Pluto is a planet, and de and now become certain that Pluto is not a planet is a big ask. So I get why people are upset about it, because like, it takes so much work to get to certainty, and now you're telling me that it wasn't a planet all along. And I, so I understand the frustration there. And that's why we have to be very careful about defining whether or not Mars is a world. Because we, if we have to unworld Mars, it's going to be such an issue. Mm-hmm. People John, are going to get so upset. They're going to be like, Mars was a world. Now yeah. you're saying it's not a world. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't trust anything.
0: Maybe the earth yeah. is flat. Do you know, so I've done a little bit of research uh, just now, and I wanted to tell you one thing that that like, uh makes up the vast majority of what we don't know. Hmm. And that is the location of people's AirPods. So almost all of what yes. we don't know. And this is remarkable yes. because like it's a huge amount of stuff that we don't know. But the vast majority yes. of what we don't know is just where your AirPods where are the AirPods, are. AirPods. Where are the AirPods? Which we is why uh which is why that that uh, AirPods makes about twice as much money as uh Spotify and Twitter and Snap and Shopify combined.
1: Yeah because you need a new pair of them every week because we don't know where any of them are.
0: I lost Similarly, my, I lost one of my AirPods, John. I had them for I had well, I'm what well, That's the other great impressed. thing about
1: AirPods is that if you lose one of them, you've also lost the other one.
0: <laughs> that's not true. I could I could I almost always have just one AirPod in.
1: Uh, I I find it distracting, but It yeah, is not a good it own. is not
0: a good like um uh, audit auditory experience, but I don't want an auditory experience. I want Benedict Cumberbatch to tell me about time. Is Mars a world? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Look, I think that I think that this is I think I am right now. We don't have a good definition of a world. I think that if the livable area of a of a piece of the universe that is not Connect like that has vacuum of space between it and the Earth, is larger than like let's say downtown London. That's a world. But you define livable.
1: Livable means that life can live there. No, a human society can live there currently. Then Mars and and the Moon are not a world. There are no worlds in our solar system except for our world. That is true. Now I want to throw a wrench into the monkey works here, (laughs) because we are not even close to done with this question. Sorry. Okay, we're just I, warming up. Okay, <laughs> we're renaming the podcast. Is Mars a world? We're canceling the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. This is all we are from now you,
0: on. I love that. That's what you think I'm laughing about. But oh, that's what are fine. you laughing about? That you s- decided you're going to throw a wrench into the monkey works, madam? Monkey throw wrench a monkey into, the, into work? the wrench works. What's this? what's the statement? <laughs> I'm going to throw a monkey, John. Do not throw a monkey into the wrench works.
1: I might have to. I mean, I've got to stop the works. That's, I don't think that's, that's going to do it. That's only going to stop the, Mars the monkey conversation.
0: I think the works what, will be fine. What, what, do you? Do I just throw a wrench into it's, the works? Yeah, it could be a monkey wrench if you wanted it to be. I'm going to throw
1: a monkey wrench into the monkey is, works. I've got no, no. it. Okay, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench <laughs> into the monkey works. Those monkeys are not going to be able to do any more <laughs> industrial labor once that this sabotage t- tour gets his work done because those. Those monkeys are going to have to shut it down. There's a wrench in there. Monkey works. Okay. When, uh, I'm going to throw a monkey wrench into the monkey works right now, Hank. Uh huh. You know how like every movie trailer begins with the words in a world?
0: That's because- In a world. Yes.
1: Very well done. That's because- Thank you. Every time we imagine a world, we are imagining a world. And when we think about what that means, when we say in a world, it means a place- where sentient beings are living
0: yeah it's almost like uh you need in order for there to be for it to be a world you need drama yes you need some kind of human drama yes or not non-human drama also would be fine or sentient drama yeah you need you need like creatures
1: making choices which i guess i don't know i guess we're not the only creature on earth that makes choices
0: no there's plenty there's plenty of non-human drama Oh, I
1: mean, almost all the drama so, on earth is non-human. Actually, we're sort of we are a very, we we really put uh, ourselves as the <laughs> protagonists of this story. But like we are, we're, what we are is a really loud, obnoxious side yeah. character.
0: Well, we are. Yeah, I mean, it's a. It, it depends on how long the story is. Um, but I'll tell you, we are we as you as you have put it, we are a problem for everyone. Yeah,
1: I actually in the Anthropocene Reviewed book, I think I quote you as saying that. It's true.
0: You said I said that. I don't remember having said that, but I believe you that I did. Yeah. I mean, I I should have
1: probably run those quotes past you, but they were all (laughs) flattering.
0: (laughs) Look, I absolutely believe you.
1: (laughs) Before we get to the next bit, can we just talk about how one time on stage, I said, I had a very happy childhood, but I wasn't a very happy child. And you just Uh wrote that down in an absolutely remarkable thing. And now it's like the third most quoted line in the book. Hey, hey,
0: we got, we got to the van. I was working on my book and I said, can I put that in my book? And you said, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I thanked you in the end of the book for something or something else. Probably not for that specific thing. So I hope I didn't slightly
1: misquote you in the Anthropocene Reviewed book. <laughs> if I did, it was in the most flattering way imaginable. Because every single quote in that book is like my wise little brother likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I just stole that. That was just April's line. Now, well, I cut. I I like it as an April line more than I like it as a me line. Anyway, I was never going to use
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's kind of mean to our parents.
1: Right. Well, it's again though it's had nothing to do with them that I had an un, <laughs> that I was an unhappy child.
0: As evidenced by my mostly happy childhood, though I had my years. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Hank, let's move on to another question. <laughs> we didn't answer that one, but we did spend 22 minutes on it. This question is from Daisy who asks, "Dear Hank and John, I swear I swear this one won't be hard. When I want to eat only one side of a bagel, which side oh, should I no. eat? The top, the top looks fluffier and has some gapping air pockets to take away from the eating experience. But then the bottom half looks breadier and somehow thicker. But it has those weird little bread seeds from the bottom that are that sometimes take away from my eating experience. Ba- bagel Decision's hazy-daisy. Lovely. Sign off. I So... I know exactly what to do. I do too do and, and I have such
1: a strong opinion about this and if you disagree with okay. me I'm going to get so mad. It's going to be like Well, how about how about you go first then? <laughs> okay, here is my solution okay. Daisy and it That's is safer. it is it's gonna so be safe. obvious and it is so mm-hmm. objectively correct. You cut the bagel in
0: half and you eat half of the top and half mm. of the bottom together. Mm. That is an excellent idea and point. <laughs> And and it would, it would totally trump my like what I'm about to suggest. But wait for it. Okay. Here's what you do okay. when you're me. You cut the bagel in half and you have two halves of a bagel. And you're like, I only want one of those. And then you pick somewhat at random based by on looking at them and sort of just I'm I am also with you, Daisy. I don't have a good way to choose. And so I eat one half and sometimes it's the top and sometimes it's the bottom. And I never quite feel like it was the right choice. And then, Daisy, I, I eat the other half every single time. <laughs> just just cut the bagel in half. And that way you have both That's the great. top and the bottom experience. Yes. Hank, yeah, I accept to... and then and then eat the other half. Because yeah. I have never eaten half a
1: bagel. It's very hard. It's very it's like it's like eating just one Pringle.
0: yeah except except that every pringle is 300 calories
1: (laughs) (laughs) hank i actually have to go upstairs for like uh five minutes because i have to I, i have a uh a door door installation thing happening okay so you are gonna have the most wonderful experience i've had this experience a couple times i don't think you've ever had it where you get to host the podcast by yourself and do a question by yourself i'll be right back
0: okay all right well let's do that uh so this next question goodbye john It comes from Dana who asks, dear Hank, and I don't care about John, Dana said. Wow, that's convenient. Today, I realized that when you uh, remove the first letter from when, where, and what, and replace it with a T, you get the question, then, there, and that. But I'm wondering which came first. We're gonna save that one for John because my mind has been blown, and I hope that he has an answer for it because he bolded it and I didn't bold it. So instead, I'm going to move on. I'm gonna ask this question from Henry who who has a question about glue. And I can answer it. It's from Henry. He says, Dear Hank, I don't care about John. Also, weirdly, um, I'm five and my name is Henry. Mama's helping me type this. I like Hank's joke videos. Uh, Why? That's awesome. Thank you for coming to this podcast. Why does this glue have a cow on the front? Is it called cow glue, Henry? Um, So this is a a picture of Elmer's glue. It's safe, non-toxic, washable, no-run school glue. It's the number one teacher brand, and we have if you are in America anyway, there's a very high probability that you have used Elmer's Glue. If you take a look at Elmer's Glue, there's a, there's a bull uh, above the glue. And, uh, and this is because Elmer's Glue was originally made by the company Borden. Borden, you may have still be buying milk or milk products from Borden because they still exist. They've been around since the 1850s, and they used to make glue uh, because... The guy who started Borden, whose name was Gail Borden, he had uh, he was an inventor and stuff. And he figured out ways to turn cow products into other products, including uh, there was a bull named Elmer, apparently, in the sort of Borden mythology. And his uh, casein, casein, it's a protein, was used as the gluey part of the glue. Now, Elmer's glue is no longer made out of cow parts, but it was once. And so, Henry, that's the news. I think that it was made from the hooves of cows uh, that were part of part of the Borden family enterprise. So that's Elmer. There's a picture of Elmer. There's always been a picture of Elmer on Elmer's glue since for over 100 years now. Now, Borden doesn't even own Elmer's anymore. It got bought by a different company. But anyway, uh, that's the story of, of Elmer. And I think Elmer was married, so they were like a cow couple. And the branding, Elmer was married to Elsie the cow, and so like Elsie made like the milk, and Elmer made the glue, and that was the. I, I mean, they were being creative and all this stuff back then. I'm sure it was like, wow, this is this is a really inventive uh, brand strategizing. No one's ever imagined products the way that Borden is. And now it's, of course, very, very old fashioned. Um, so there was no man named Elmer. There was a cow named Elmer. Elmer was married to Elsie, the the cow, um, and he's where the glue came from. <laughs> so Henry is at it at the end. P.S. My favorite Hank joke is, why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was dead. Why did the second monkey fall out of the tree? Because it was stapled to the first monkey. Why did the third monkey fall out of the tree? It was peer pressure. Uh, you're five, Henry. That seems like, I'm sorry, I, I, that seems like a bit of a dramatic joke for you, but I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that you liked it, and I'm glad that this is great. Now Henry will know this thing about Elmer's glue because John hasn't gotten back yet, and John will never know. Oh, well, no one tell him. How was it? Wait, what? No one tell me what? The uh, You, everyone is going to know something about the world that you don't know. It's not an important thing, Oh. It's not about you. Oh gosh! But everybody's gonna know it, and you're you're not never gonna know. You might learn some other time.
1: Yeah, like when I listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you act like it's
1: like not publicly available. <laughs> Do you listen to the podcast? I mean, not usually, but I'll listen to that bit. <laughs> okay, well, you'll learn about it then. Then actually, I listen. I listen to it a fair amount because my kids are big fans. Oh, really, nice. they mostly like the Uncle Hank parts, though.
0: Uh, Catherine also listens to it, so I will sometimes hear it. I walked in uh, and she was listening to it in the kitchen on the bit where you were talking about Irish settlers. And I just, I was like, wow, this is a good podcast. We're, oh God. Uh, it's really good. John, now that you're back, I started answering a question and I gave up on it. Okay. Um, because I felt like I needed you. Okay. And what was it? I desperately. It's from Dana, who asks, Dear Hank and John, and now I'm including John in it. Today, I realized that when you remove the first letter from when, where and what and replace it with a T, you get the answer to each question. Yeah. Wh- then, there and that. But I'm wondering which came first, the question or the answer. There is no way this can be a coincidence. Thanks, Dana. My mind is melting. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, well, it is very weird. Then there and that, like, what? Like, is that why the H's are there? You don't need the H's there. This is wild, John. I don't know if that's why the H's are there. I know, it must not be. What, I'm sure it's not why the H's are there. But still, so Hank, I've never been able to find a
1: definitive answer to this question. It is something that I have wondered about over the years when I was writing something. Um, because mm-hmm. it is very strange and I'm sure there is a relationship between them. I just don't know what it is. I don't know if we even know which predates the other. Hopefully somebody who's an expert will write in and tell us. What I do know is that who's those also adheres to this rule, but why, yeah. why thy doesn't. Mm hmm. I mean, unless you want to get really like metaphysical or whatever. And the one that definitely doesn't is there is no wheeze for these, but there definitely should be. (laughs) Like, there should totally be a like, whose are these? Should be that question should be asked as wheeze. And the answer should be (laughs) these.
0: Or would it be, wheeze? would it be wheeze these? Wheeze these, these. Wheeze. 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 Wheeze, wheeze. these. Yeah. It should be wheeze. Just that, shorten it all up. I, so how, if you put a W in front of how and call it wow, then thou would be what would be left over. So how, that doesn't answer that question. It doesn't, is um, word, again, you got to get a little really metaphysical for thou to answer how, but you don't yeah.
1: have to get at all <laughs> metaphysical for wheeze to answer with these. <laughs> So, there's something about saying it that I just find wildly fulfilling. Wheeze? Wheeze? these. these.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so right, sorry. We have so another. That I didn't get the question answered, but thank you for blowing my mind. We have another. Oh, did you answer the Elmer the cow one? I did. Oh God, that's
1: the best story, and I can't believe five year old <laughs> Henry helped me uncover it. <gasps> oh, what an incredible story! Yeah. Who knew? Well, maybe you that know Elmer's glue was owned by the Borden dairy people oh God, because knew, glue knew all of it had, a, had a, I knew all of it. I, and it's an incredible story. And I can't believe that you stole it from me <laughs> just because I had to talk to the guy about the door. <laughs> Did you find out about Elsie? Yes. Yeah. I know all about Elsie and Elmer and their relationship with each other. It's a wild story.
0: Well, do you know more about the relationship than they were married? Cause that's all I know. I only know that there's, there was Elsie the cow and Elmer the cow.
1: Well, they were married, but they—they they, just to be clear, they weren't really married for two reasons. One, cows don't get married, get and two, married. they yeah. weren't real cows. Yeah, yeah, you know everything that I knew. <laughs> I can't believe we independently <laughs> became experts in Elmer the cow <laughs> 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 to solve five-year-old Henry's well, problem. But Henry, they did, what a they great did have question, like question, man.
0: Yeah, they did have like a so so they they had enough of a there was an LC comic. So like Elsie had comics, yeah. And I've got a I've got an Elsie the Cow cartoon here where they've got their children Beulah and Beauregard. Mm. And good cow names. Uh, El- Elmer does not look happy. Yeah, uh, he just wants to read his newspaper, <laughs> which would be the equivalent of looking at your phone. <laughs> and. Uh, Elsie is unsurprisingly taking care of all the business.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, you did dig a little deeper than I did if you made it all the way to the Elmer-Elsie relationship dynamics as told in the comics about them. This next question yeah. comes from Emily, who writes, Dear John and Hank, yesterday I went to Subway and I ordered the sandwich that Andy gets in a beautifully foolish endeavor because I read that book and I loved it, by the way, and it sounded good as a sandwich. Mm. The sandwich it was, was amazing, good. but so was, by the way, I, I like Subway. Amazing is a very strong adjective.
0: It's a good sandwich. It's
1: a good, it's,
0: it is. it's a good sandwich.
1: Is Good. it an amazing yeah. sandwich? Does it astonish <laughs> no. you? Are you left in awe? I don't know. Nah, no. The Probably sandwich not. was amazing, but so was the feeling of confidence I had from knowing exactly what I was gonna order beforehand. Usually Ooh, I yeah. get flustered spending ages umming and awing over what to choose. Mm-hmm. Is this why people have go-to orders? I always assumed it was because people were unadventurous and didn't wanna try new things. Do you have a go-to order at different places or do you like to try something new every time like me? A e million new foods to try, Emily.
0: Ah, um, I, a, as I have entered into middle age, definitely doing a lot more go-to orders. I'm like, I know what I like. I'm going to get what I like. And that is, that is happening all over at, at like almost all of the restaurants that I go to, even the ones that have like big menus with lots of different yeah like dishes on them, not yeah. just like sandwich places or fast food places.
1: I mean, I'm I'm doing this with most of my life now. Pants, we I mean, forget about uh-huh. sandwiches. Like, I just, I really just want eighteen. Well, that's too many. I, I really just want like seven pairs of the same pants.
0: Yeah, I could get away with three pairs of jeans that I really mm, like. Uh, and and mm. this is, I, I could I could you, you could um. Okay. So now now this is going to be unrelated. We're really diverging here. But it's a question I need to ask you, I I need an opinion on this. We
1: need to go back to this, though, because I have an
0: important subway story. But yeah. Okay. Um, Do you feel like it's okay to only care about your top half when it comes to style and then to just like have the bottom half taken care of by like, I have socks, I have shoes, I have pants. No. And then like, I'm going to style the top half. And then everything's going to go with my jeans.
1: No, you know what that's a little bit like for me? That's a little bit like when you only style the front part of your hair because it's the part you see.
0: (laughs) That's totally what I do.
1: But you don't do anything with like the back uh, hair because whatever, that's other people's problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, mean, I mean, I think it's, I've been I, cutting I, my own hair for over a year now. And yeah. so, like,
1: I can't do the back. I mean, if, it looks bad back there. If the answer is, is it OK? Yeah, of course it's OK. It's fine. You do you do what you want, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, personal style. But yeah. I when I'm when I'm dressing up, I like to imagine an outfit at every level. It just makes me more happy.
0: Wow. But can we get back to Subway? So I don't have enough shoes for that. Um, oh, I do. but yeah, hit me with your Subway story.
1: So Sarah worked at Subway, and because Sarah mm-hmm. worked at Subway, I always feel like when we go to Subway, I just let Sarah order for me because she knows. She <laughs> knows the ins and outs of that menu. She knows what's <laughs> yeah. good. She knows like what nothing's, flavor combinations nothing's changed are rule. in the last 15 years. Very little like has changed years. in the last 15 years. You still yeah. don't get the seafood salad. You still, you uh, know, yeah. like you're taking a little bit of a of, of a risk I think if you get the tuna. But more to the point until i started dating sarah my go-to subway sandwich and i know this is pretty horrifying but it's true was roast beef cheese and bread wow and i'd been eating that since i was in like 6th grade cuz i had a lot of food aversions when i was a kid it'll surprise you to learn and uh <laughs> and i i like i like i still like sometimes i'll still get the roast beef cheese and bread sandwich and they'll be like what kind of cheese and i'll be like the one you had in 1988
0: <laughs> whichever one that one is
1: i don't know what you guys and are don't calling it now do you dare heat it up it's, yeah, it's white <laughs> and it looks very sort of limp <laughs> like, yeah do you I, i'd like your i'd like your limp cheese please that's the provolone that's a good one no it's the american oh you like the white american yeah, the, yeah. they don't have any they don't have any orange cheese there no orange cheese at Subway.
0: <laughs> My mine was a, a meatball sub for a long time, but then I, I realized that 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 was not doing the work of Subway, Ugh. which was supposed to be the healthier alternative. Which, <laughs> when you get a meatball sub with cheese on it, it's not that. Oh yeah, that's I just mean, a big hamburger.
1: No foods are healthy foods. Food is food. Exactly. It's sustenance. Yes. It exists to be sustenance. Like this, this weird hierarchical ranking of food is uh, a problem for me. Maybe not a problem for other people, but I, I, it's, ba- it's bad when I do it in my head. Anyway, it all reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by the Orlando, Florida Subways of 1991. The Orlando, Florida Subways of 1991. <laughs> proudly serving roast beef, cheese, and bread.
0: I was a I would for before Subway. I was a ham and mayonnaise boy. Is I re- all I would have. Yeah, ham and mayonnaise. I know. And I like, know. I, I remember. I still. God, I oh, still. Love it's mayonnaise. so
1: gross. And sometimes, like uh, our sa- our sandwiches would get swapped in oh, lunch bags, yeah. and I would end up with like a ham and mayonnaise sandwich. And I would try to. I would try to like. Oh, it's so gross. So slimy. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's our next yep. podcast, sponsor, Hank? I can't think about it anymore.
0: Uh, this podcast is is also brought to you by the Monkey Works. <laughs> the monkey works. <clears throat> They're down there making it work. Do not throw a wrench into them. That is dangerous for them.
1: I really thought that was the phrase. A wrench in the monkey works. I'm going to Google it. I'm not I'm not totally convinced <laughs> it's not the phrase. Wrench in the... Oh, man. There's wrench in the works, wrench in the gears, wrench in the plans, wrench in the cog, wrench in the machine, wrench in the spokes, wrench in the system... <laughs> What about wrenching the monkey? Oh, wrenching mon-
0: the monkey works. Oh, somebody has said wrenching the monkey works. Throw a monkey at, but if you Google it, it immediately uh, yes, it, it corrects it, you. It corrects. It's you. one of
1: those things where like Google tries to correct you in a generous and kind way so that you don't go over to Bing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google's biggest fear is that you're going to become a hardcore Bing user because Google's going to hurt your feelings. Uh, which reminds me, actually, that today's podcast is also brought to you by Bing. Bing. It's going to happen.
0: This podcast also is brought to you by almost everything. We don't know it. We don't. We just don't know it. We have a Project for Awesome message, John. It's from Will Langle, who is from Alberta, Canada, and who is writing to Future Me. Future me, if you've graduated by the time they read this, I hope you are encouraging your students to love learning the same way that John and Hank have for you over the years. If things are hard, remember that you're awesome and your students are lucky to have you. Brothers Green, you have inspired me to teach. Will you share some words of wisdom with a new teacher?
1: Oh, that seems like, Will, Hank and I don't know how to teach.
0: We don't know. Your job is very uh, hard. what I can say is it's deeply important and really wonderful, and we're proud of you and happy that you were doing this work in the world.
1: Yeah, and really grateful if you feel like we could have a seat at the table in your life as you were pursuing that career, because there are a lot of hard things about teaching, but as a friend of mine who's a teacher recently said to me, The nice thing about my job is that I never wake up in the morning wondering if it matters. And it is really important. Like, I look back on the teachers I had who were empathetic toward me and who were patient with me, and I know full well that I wouldn't be here without them. Lovely. There will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year,
0: Earlier in this episode, I was trying to remember the name of the International Astronomical Union. Yes. I think you called it the International International Astronomical Union. Union. Or something like that. Yeah. And when I was doing that, I typed into Google, who decides, because I was going to write what a planet is. But who does decide? Who decides in general? Yeah. But the first autocomplete was who decides when Easter is, which my first thought was, but then I was a little bit like, well, <laughs> and I didn't know the answer. It's a tough one. And I figure that you would be the of the two of us, the one who would be better at answering that question.
1: Well, I mean, there's more than one answer. Are we asking <laughs> who decided when the first Easter was? Because like there's I guess there's two <laughs> ways of thinking about that. One way would be Pon- Pontius Pilate decided.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh
1: the other way I shouldn't have left. The yeah. other way would be that um God decided, right? God decided. And then there would yeah. even maybe be a third way, which is that, like, maybe the spring equinox played a role.
0: Right. That, that there was uh, some, some significance to the...
1: Yeah. Right. And that there was some, maybe some moving around of uh, early holidays. Yeah. That said, Easter of the major Christian holidays is the one that is sort of uh, time time defined fairly carefully in the Gospels. So mm-hmm. okay. I guess the answer is depending on your perspective, either God or Pontius Pilate.
0: Right, but instead of like picking a specific day, they went for something. Yeah, the yeah. First Sunday, and it's
1: around something. It, it, it's it's connected to Passover, the the Jewish okay. holiday of Passover.
0: So it's it is complex.
1: Well, I mean, yes, and but no. also it's, it's not that complex. Like we can figure out when Easter is going to be in <laughs> okay. five hundred years if that's what you're asking. Like it's it's not that hard to right. figure out. Like They don't like every January 1st, they don't have a meeting of the International Astronomical Union to have a debate about what what day Easter is going to be. Now, interestingly, Easter is not celebrated on the same Sunday by all Christians. Like uh, Greek and other Orthodox Easters are several weeks later than what I think of as like my Easter. I mean, I guess it's not really my, you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) So I guess who decides when Easter is, is kind of... All of us together. Yeah. Like so many things.
1: Well, yes, or 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 God. Or part. Yeah. There's a lot of answers. The real question is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many great questions. Google autofills from <laughs> Who Decides. It's hard to pick a favorite yeah, one. I know. But,
0: but I was I, I was kind
1: of upset by I a couple my, of them. I think my favorite one is who decides war? Who does decide war?
0: I found a few of those a little bit upsetting, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where you realize that the um, algorithm has some biases. Like some of these questions, who decides questions, I don't even feel comfortable reading out loud. (laughs) I find them offensive. Another really good who decides question is who decides on the punishment for treason? (laughs) That's That's
0: like the second one down.
1: All all of these are things that we decide together.
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Though I, I don't know. And Yeah, but we don't always have an equal voice in no, these conversations. That is, that is certainly for sure. John, this next question comes from Sarah, who asks, Dear Hank and John, When I was diagnosed with asthma eight years ago, my allergist asked how much I sneeze. And I replied, not often, just a normal amount. And she said, and I quote, It is not normal to sneeze. <laughs> I never sneeze. Now I think about her every time I sneeze. Now I now I think about her, I, now, I think about her I, now I think about her every time I sneeze, Sarah. <laughs> this is this is the craziest thing I have it ever not, heard a medical hello, doctor say. I am a I have a doctor of medicine. What? I spent what? 18 years studying for this. It is not normal to sneeze. <laughs> I never sneeze. <laughs> I mean the the phrase
1: it's not normal to sneeze is in and of itself a little uncomfortable for me but following <laughs> it up with almost like sneezed. like like a qualitative statement like yeah. i have reached a level of enlightenment whereby i no longer need to sneeze
0: <laughs> i want
1: <It's>, <laughs> Everything about that quote, it's not normal to sneeze, I, I never, never sneeze, sneeze, is an astonishment. Like, what do you think that doctor thinks when sneezing, right? Like, because we all know they sneeze. <laughs> they sneeze! So so in that moment, do you think they think, like, do you, so I, I can only think there's two possibilities. One is that they think, like, oh, God, I feel a moral failure coming on. And then the other possibility is that maybe when they sneeze, they think, like, that wasn't a sneeze. That wasn't a real sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen other people sneeze and I'm not doing that. That wasn't no, that wasn't like an asthma sneeze. That was uh, yeah, yeah that was, I, I
0: I never sneeze. Look, what we've a, been is we've sentence. been running We've been running an advice podcast for, I don't know how many years now. And I think if there was a person who never sneezed, we would have gotten that question. (laughs) They would have heard the podcast and been like, I need to add I'm a little weirded out by this. I see other people doing it. I know it's a normal thing, but I never sneeze. They would have asked. That's what we're here for. That exact circumstance.
1: I will say... So 95% of purportedly normal persons, I don't know how this is defined by Uh the Journal of Rhinology, Uh but 95% of purportedly normal persons sneeze less than four times a day on average. But you'll notice that sneezing less than four times a day is not an example of never sneezing. It's hundreds or thousands of sneezes a year. I never sneeze... Like, if I heard someone say to me, I never sneeze, I would be like, are you are you an alien who is inhabiting a human suit and who just like just revealed themselves to me? Or alternately, like, do you have some kind of like force shield that surrounds you that when you sneeze makes you immediately think like, nope, not that didn't happen? My allergist.
0: My allergist said to me, It's not normal to sneeze. I never sneeze. I never sneeze. This person is a criminal. (laughs) I never sneeze. I never sneeze. Like, they need to be investigated.
1: You know, how that- they have that podcast, Dr. Death, where it's like, man, this was a really bad doctor. This doctor like, uh, <laughs> lied to thousands of people and, and told them that they had cancer when they really didn't. This doctor was a monster. Here's a 12-episode podcast right. series about this monstrous doctor. I want a 12-episode oh, podcast God. about I'm- the I'm- allergist <laughs> who tells people I never sneeze.
0: <laughs> about Dr. McNever Sneeze, <laughs> the, the greatest criminal doctor of our times. <laughs> It's not normal to snap. Oh my God. Like, well, I, I'm so glad that I've been primed now that this is a possibility so that if this ever happens to me, I can, instead of just being dumbfounded and like questioning my own sanity, I can stand up and walk <laughs> out of the room.
1: I believe I'm going to have to consult with another allergist, specifically a human one.
0: <laughs> well, as they call them in the business, a sneezer. <laughs> That may
1: be the actual like definition. I don't I don't want to exclude anyone from humanness, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's really hard to define what a human is and I think it might just be a person who sneezes.
0: <laughs> uh, maybe there I'm gonna are people who need to talk to a never... sneezer about
1: this. <laughs> Yeah, because you like, ultimately, don't you want a doctor who can on some level empathize with you rather than being like, unfortunately, I literally can't know what that's like because I don't sneeze, never have, don't know what it's like, can't feel it, it's not normal. All I know, all I know about sneezing is that it is not normal. You do not want to be a sneezer.
0: You need to go back to your allergist and you need to say, all right, doctor, never sneezer Scrooge. (laughs) And then, and then be like, "I, I didn't plan it past that. That's all I had.
1: The great thing about And then you walk out, that, you look,
0: look, look, I thought of Never Sneezer Scrooge, and I'm done. <laughs> the relationship is over. This doctor is extremely
1: successful in, in one way, right? Which is that every single person who's ever heard the sentences, (laughs) sneezing is not normal, I've never sneezed. Every single person who's heard that, when every time I sneeze for the rest of my life, I'm going to think of that doctor. (laughs) And
0: also my own personal failing that I have not correctly addressed my medical issue of being a sneezer. (laughs) My humors are all out of
1: whack, and as a result, I've become a sneezer again. I also, is it okay if I start to think of myself as a person who um, used to be a sneezer, but is no longer a sneezer until my next sneeze? You know, so like right right now, I used to be a sneezer, and it was a real problem. Mm -hmm. I sneezed, I mean, up to four times a day sometimes, but now... Mm-hmm. Finally, at last, I have achieved nirvana and I am no longer a sneezer. And then the next time I sneeze, I'll be like,
0: damn. <laughs> no, I'm only a sneezer during the moments I'm sneezing. In the spaces between, <laughs> I never sneeze. Right.
1: Like the, the sentence, I never sneeze, was <laughs> more. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't literal. It was more of like, I'm not the kind, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the sneezing type. It's not. Occasionally, we all slip up, you know.
0: But like, I'm not. time, not <laughs> next time I like am in a room with somebody who sneezes, I'm gonna be like, you know, it's not normal to sneeze. <laughs> I never sneeze. <laughs> you know, you, you know, only like only like five percent of people sneeze. They're just really loud about it.
1: Oh God! How do you look at a doctor? In the eyes when they say the words to you, I never sneeze and not just burst out laughing. I mean, what? I never, I mean, I rarely sneeze, or like, you know, I'm concerned that your sneezing may not be normal, or that your sneezing may be a sign of an underlying condition. Yes. But like, what why are you getting involved at all? Like I, I, am the patient here. Like, I don't need to know your sneezing history. Like yeah, no, I, you your weird, it, broken up, broken face nerves. If you, if you want to come to me as an allergist, I will be happy to analyze your purported never sneezing. Please I, God. I, okay. So here's my first, here's, I need to, cut. have you ever wanted to
0: refer your doctor to another doctor? <laughs> you're talking to your doctor and you're like, you're actually, like, hey, can I write you a referral? To a to a neurologist. Yeah, I know. You, I notice you're
1: in a room full of allergists. I wonder if you could talk to one of them about the fact that you've apparently never sneezed.
0: I it's not normal to sneeze.
1: My initial impulse when somebody tells me they've never sneezed is, of course, to like try to make them sneeze. You know. <laughs> and so I would. Here's what I would. Here's my honest advice. Mm-hmm. I would request a follow up appointment. And I would say, listen, I know it's been six years since I saw you, but I can't stop thinking about this. (laughs) I have a memory of you saying, sneezing is never normal. I have never sneezed. Tell me. Did you 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 say say that? that? Did
0: you say that?
1: And if you didn't say that, I can walk out of here a happy person and you can get your fee- for right. our twenty-minute visit, yeah, and it's only going to ca- cost you five seconds. But if you did, if you did, if you did wait, say it, I, I, I require this entire twenty minutes, and I have brought
0: pepper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to go outside and we're going to look at the sky because <laughs> that's what does it for Hank. <laughs> I,
1: I have twenty minutes to make you sneeze, yeah, and I'm going to do everything under my power to do it.
0: No, and it, what what you need to do is 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 follow them around. Anytime they are in public and oh. when they finally sneeze, you go, Aha!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha! You, yeah, you jump out of the bushes like a private <laughs> investigator and you're like, Seven years ago, oh you God. told me that you never sneeze and I've been following you ever, <laughs> since, ever and since. You just <laughs> sneezed. <laughs> I will take my apology in written form. Thank you.
0: <laughs> my God. Okay, John. I think it's time for the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. What do you got for me? I mean, I know, I know roughly what we got, but what do we got? I mean, the main news from AFC
1: Wimbledon is that there's apparently a licensed physician who says that they've never sneezed. <laughs> uh, AFC Wimbledon played mm. their second game since 2016 that meant nothing. And boy, did I enjoy every second of that thrilling nil-nil draw against Lincoln City. Oh, it was great. It was just lovely. At no point did we look likely to score, and indeed at no point did they look likely to score, and I didn't care.
0: Uh, everybody was like, let's just let's just not
1: hurt ourselves, boys. <laughs> AFC Woolden have officially ended the season in 19th place, one whole spot above wow. the final non-relegation place, which went to Wigan Athletic. The relegated teams this season were Rochdale, Northampton, Swindon Town, and Bristol Rovers. It's always sad. I, I feel really bad, especially for Rochdale fans, because they were so close to staying up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just didn't happen for them, and uh, Wimbledon survive another season in League One. And I got to say, I'm really enthusiastic about the future. I thought, I, I really feel like the, the team is coming together. And if you look at like our our last two months, how many points per game we were getting? Forget about finishing 19th; like we were near the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm. I that's not to say that I expect it to like... And and that will totally be the case next year
0: when you have a completely different team. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it, this is the beginning of the season where players are like, I have enjoyed my loan spell at AFC Wimbledon and will now be returning mm-hmm. to my parent club to have a wonderful career in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and that happens every year and we're used to it. I I think the club is... In better fi- a better financial position than a lot of clubs at, at this level of English football, just because a lot of clubs have, have taken on mm. more mm. Uh, debt. But everybody's in a tight spot. It's you know this is not the easiest economy in which to figure out a uh, football budget because they don't know how many people are going to be mm-hmm. in the stands. Yeah. So. It, it begins another interesting and challenging offseason for Wimbledon, but let's take a second to just express our gratitude to everybody on that AFC Wimbledon team who fought and scrapped and scraped for these 51 points to ensure that we have another season in the third tier of English football. I, I just, I'm so grateful to all of them, starting with the coach Mark Robinson. My favorite player, 19-year-old Ayubasol, who's just pure courage pure hard work. I love, I love to watch him play. So grateful to Joe Piggott for another season, banging in 20 goals. We needed those goals. And if Joe Piggott leaves, I do not know where they mm-hmm. are going to come from, but I didn't know where they were going to come from when Lyle Taylor left. So yeah, hopefully we'll find a way, but yeah, it's, it, I I cannot believe that we have somehow found a way to survive again. How do we do it year after year after year? And please, next year, can we not do it? Can we just stay up, like, with five weeks to go or something?
0: (laughs) Or be just solidly in the, just uh, be up up there in the tippy tops. Why not? Yeah, just, like, finish, like, 10th, like, Ipswich Town. Yeah, good old Ipswich Town. In the news from Mars, uh, you can now listen to a helicopter on Mars, if you want to, by Googling, listen to helicopter on Mars, probably. That will probably work. So um, Perseverance was able to record the audio of Ingenuity. Uh, It has two microphones on the mast cam, and it can combine video with audio, which you can watch, which is very cool. The rover was 262 meters away, or feet, sorry, feet away from the helicopter when it took off. And uh, that distance combined with the atmosphere being very thin and the wind that would also be blowing on the microphone, what made it like not entirely clear that they would be able to actually hear this, but you can, you can hear it. They did a little bit of work to bring out the frequencies of the helicopter audio, but that's very cool. Um, and yeah. you can hear it sort of fly away and then, uh, because it's, it's moving around and that's super cool and weird and you can go watch it on NASA's website.
1: It sounds really good. Like the quality of the audio is pretty darn good considering it's coming from Mars.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also that like, you know, those, there's always wind. And so it's like, wait, and there's, it's 1% of the number of air molecules that we have on earth to carry the sound through it, which also is going to make things much quieter.
1: I know. That's what I keep thinking about when I watch these videos from the surface of Mars, now that they're in such high resolution, I just keep thinking like, holy, I mean, I know that, I know that the rover doesn't have feelings. Like, I I understand that intellectually, but there's still part of me that's like, holy moly, that would be lonely. (laughs) Like, it's real quiet. There's, you know, the main sound is the sound of wind. And it makes me conscious of like how many sounds I hear all the time other than wind. Mm -hmm. And like the sudden loss of all those sounds to be replaced only by this sort of the single Mars sound would be very surreal. Yeah. But kind of beautiful. I, I like to imagine, I don't know, it's it's just really cool that we can know what it would sound like. I mean, of course, we can't know exactly what it would sound like, but it's very cool to think that like we sort of know what it would sound like to
0: stand there. Mm-hmm. It just makes it more real to me for some reason. Yeah, like, me just too. Just like, Yeah, you know, we've we've had pictures from Mars for a long time. We've had even really high resolution or even three dimensional pictures from Mars. But like, I don't know, adding sound to the mix, which like there is some scientific value to the sound. Like you could maybe learn some things about the atmosphere. You could maybe learn some things about the spacecraft itself. But mostly this is really just about like having a more immersive like, wow, this is a car on Mars and a drone helicopter, too. And that's right pretty cool yeah john thank you for making a podcast with me uh and thank you to everybody who sent in your questions because it wouldn't be much of a podcast without them you can send those to i don't even know Hankandjohn at gmail.com I, for, I haven't said that in so long I, um, I forgot it almost Yeah, but do email us It's at hankandjohn at gmail.com We love your emails We do We're off to record our Patreon-only podcast This weekend which Stuff uh, where we talk about things that are bringing us joy right now You can find that at patreon.com slash john. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson Our communications coordinator is Julia Bloom Our editorial assistant is Tabuki Chakravarti The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by The Great Gunnarolla And as they say in our hometown. Don't so forget to be awesome. awesome.